Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series, where we're shining a light on all of our incredible failures in business, you know, the stuff we don't want to talk about. Um, and so with me on the line is none other than Perun Chada, the CEO of OnboardMeetings.com. Perun, welcome to the show. Uh, good to be here. Namaste, everyone. <clears throat> Great stuff, buddy. So listen, why don't you kick us off with uh, the elevator pitch about uh, Onboard and OnboardMeetings.com. What are you guys up to? Absolutely. So OnboardMeetings.com is, uh, you know, the destination site for anybody trying to elevate their governance. So we are a board governance uh, platform used by over 5,000 organizations worldwide. Anything from uh, planning your board meeting agenda, you know, making sure meeting goes well, uh, all the legal requirements of the meeting, uh, you know, including minutes and resolutions, and then thinking about the broader sort of, you know, long-term, um, you know, vision of the organization and the governance structure. So um, I'll talk a lot about what I've learned along the way in my journey, but, you know, this is a platform which is highest rated on every single online uh, review site. Um, you know, if you have... Uh, advisors and you're thinking to, uh, you know, move towards a, um, you know, venture backed environment or, you know, uh, private equity. Uh, if you are uh, planning to go IPO, all those stages, uh, you know, governance plays a bigger role than most people realize. And I'm here to actually sort of, you know, help you and assist you with that. My belief is that every board can be high performing and our platform is there to inspire and enable that high-performing board uh, and oversight that your organization deserves. Very good. So what's the problem, though? Do you, is it a case of there's just they're using spreadsheets and Word documents and things like that? You know, is it a bit of a, a shit show in terms of, like, how, the status quo? Like, what's the problem there, and, and why is it so acute? So, um, you know, being disciplined about your, your you know, collaboration um, with your advisors and board is uh, an underinvested idea for most entrepreneurs. I know that firsthand. Um, so while it doesn't seem like a big problem, but the fact is the problem uh, that I was confronted with, uh, you know, intimately in my life was that when shit happens, you know, when it hits the fan, you already need a working group, an inner sanctum uh, for to be able to deal with that uh, challenge. This could be, you know, a tidal wave in the market. This could be a founder challenge. This could be, uh, you know, capital structure not supporting some of the assumptions uh, that you made in your business model. Any of those, you require a great relationship with your board, a top-notch board, an organized, uh, you know, working cadence so you can be agile when that challenge shows up, which invariably shows up. And the second part, which is sort of, you know, more tangible for everybody, security and liability when it comes to board information. Uh, these are real pain points, uh, painfully sort of understood if you're on the wrong side of these. So the reason why we know so much about WeWork is because one unsuspecting board member was using his daytime email. And because of that, he waived privilege because daytime email is scanned by the corporate you know, uh, team. And all of that information became public. Your board members and your communication with them needs to be crisp. 
needs to be secure, needs, needs to have a low liability footprint. And that's actually ensured by a purpose-built application. So whether you come at it from the health standpoint, we need to have a high-performing board, or you come at it from a defensive standpoint, I need to be deal-ready, I need to be secure. Either direction, you know, you'll go right back to good governance leads to better performance as an organization. Mm, yep, really great point. So let's get into the meat and the, and the, meat and the potatoes of this uh, series. Uh, so what is your story of fail for our audience around the world today? <clears throat> Look, you know, for me, um, you know, um, I had a co-founder in the business. My title is co-founder, CEO, and we worked well for a long time. And then we had to business, uh, we had pivot uh, in our business when 2008 crisis happened because every single one of my 300 customers was a bank or a credit union. And we didn't have the right advisors around us. We didn't have the right governance structure it took me a couple, three years to really get to that pivot that we eventually made. Uh, and, you know, we I had to part ways with my uh, co-founder through that journey. And under-investing in that actually led to a couple, three years. So now, you know, uh, we are in a setup where we are one of the scaled-up organizations in governance. And uh, we started in 2012. So the time period between 2008 and 2012 was more to deal with the disjointed cap table, deal with having to find the right capital structure. I was bootstrapped for those four years as I was trying to buy back equity from my partner. Now, in hindsight, we had the right advisors and board members. Uh, that cycle could have been uh, different. Uh, so I learned a very hard lesson um, along the way in just, you know, making sure you over-invest, if anything, in your governance structure. <clears throat> so what did that experience teach you? What uh, what lessons stand out for you, Perun? Wonderful. So, you know, uh, the, the key thing that I learned from this was uh, no business is going to uh, actually be smooth sailing all the way. You know, every business will run into, whether it's a technology tidal wave or it's actually a macro headwind, a cycle that shows up, and, and so on. Um, you need to have advisors who actually really guide you towards the next stage of your, of your being. Mm. So if you think about your uh, organization's trajectory, your current board suffices for the current setup, but you always need to be recruiting for members outside of that setup for the next stage of your business, whether it is going global or it's a pivot into a different, you know, uh, vertical different product, or it's actually, uh, you know, going from a VC back to a private equity back setup, whatever those different, uh, you know, changes may actually be. And if you invest early and you continue to do that, almost as a matter of a business funnel, with top of the funnel, you have some members who are skills and experiences matched towards a future state. Uh, middle and bottom of the funnel are people who are closer to your current state and you work that through, you will be better off when it comes to raising money quickly. You will be better off because, you know, I went through a fundraise process, you know, a couple of different times. Last fundraise was pretty significant. In three weeks, you have to pick board members that you want to appoint. You need to have a bench of people you already know intimately who are on your side, who get your story, who get the company story. So you can actually kind of 
take advantage of such you know market uh, moves and when uh, you know when they are actually there to be taken um, i raised money 18 months ago as you know that was a great time to be raising money in part i was ready for it because the governance structure supported it uh, but I, I would encourage everybody to think ahead uh, of your raise, maybe good 12 to 18 months and over invest in your governance structure. And I can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, who should be on your board? I mean, it's an interesting one. I mean, the, the, the I suppose the board is almost like a, an insurance policy on the CEO. Like personally for me, like I would hate to have a board. I, I recognize why it's important. Uh, but, um, you know, it's for me personally, I, I hate the idea of being accountable to a board, you know, and having them have the choice to remove me if they don't like, <laughs> they don't like what I'm trying to do, you know. Uh, but uh, in your experience, um, when it comes to selecting board members or, you know, you mentioned, you know, there's the company you are today, the one you're becoming, what goes into your decision-making process around, uh, around uh, you know, board selection? Yeah. Look, you know, uh, board selection and, you know, I, I'm going to talk more broadly because, you know, I work with 800 banks as customers. I also work with 300, 400 top, you know, technology firms, which are listed and they're, you know, well past the early stages of the company formation. Um, whether you're a mature company or you're actually a scale-up or a startup, what have you, the same rules apply, actually. Uh, you, when, when it comes to building a board, uh, you need people you can trust. You also need people with the right skills and experience. It's, it's a combination of these three things. Uh, so you want a board which is comfortable enough to discuss and trash through the, some of the tougher things that business cycles tend to throw up. So trust is important. Uh, and, and trust gets built up. Not, I don't know seven people who are great for my next stage, but if I get to know them and invest time, trust is a factor of consistency and time. So you got to put some time with them ahead of, you know, ahead of the, the need for them to actually help you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is experience. Um, and, you know, experience is actually, you know, if I am trying to get to, uh, you know, 200 million in ARR and trying to go from, you know, where we currently are, that's the next stage for me, then I need people who have experienced that cycle so they can actually uh, shape and guide and, you know, uh, and support along the way. And the third element is actually skills. Skills are important. So in my business, this is a security business. When board materials need to be, you know, handled with utmost care, a lot of legality around it, uh, delivery of information in a secure way uh, requires you to be an expert in cyber and all kinds of different compliance requirements. So there's a skill you need on the board, somebody who's actually done this in the past. Uh, you know, similarly, if you are going to go through a lot of MA, you need MA experts on your board. Similarly, if you are going to go global, which in our case, we are in 60 countries, you're going to need somebody who has the go-to-market, you know, uh, framework to help you sort of, you know, export, uh, you know, what you've done in one geo. So all of those are examples of people who have specific skills, often legal, finance, compliance. Uh, these are skills uh, you can't hire, but you can actually have advice around the, uh, around the boardroom. And so, so you have to continue to scout and build up that, uh, and, and your, your entire board should help you with that as well. But, but th that's the way to think about 
future-proofing your advisory, you know, um, uh, bench. And some of those end up as board members. Some of them end up as, you know, like I have a CEO coach. I'll give you a fun story. I asked my board, I'm not going to hit 100 million in run rate because there's nobody in this room who's ever hit 100 million in run rate. And while there was awkward silence after that, one of the board members introduced me to a gentleman who was a chief revenue officer of a company that had scaled well beyond 100. And that gentleman, Eric, is now my uh, executive coach. So we we struck a great relationship. He's been a, a you know a, a friend and a guide, uh, you know, last three years. Uh, now, of course, my board has plenty more experience. But you know, at that time, asking that question and working through the future state of the organization is what it comes down to. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so let's go back in time if you could go back in time in the map round show time machine uh Perun, what would you do differently in the context of board selection look you know uh i i think you know one of the things that one has to be uh clear about is you, you should have a long-term strategy planned out and you should think about at every stage what is uh what input points you're going to need then you should do a, a Board modeling. It's a pretty simple exercise. Put it on a spreadsheet, different board members, what's their term and what's their tenure and what's experience and what skills. Now, if you buy a, a platform like ours, they, they come with these modeling tools, but you can do this in an Excel as well. Um, when you think about, okay, you know, we are going to go from currently we are in four countries, uh, but essentially it's North America, EMEA, and APAC. Those are the three regions. Um, EMEA and APAC, we don't have, uh, you know, we have sales and, uh, uh, you know, customer success, uh, you know, talent actually in those offices. If I want to actually recruit talent in Ireland and take advantage of some of the local benefits of Ireland, UK, or, you know, invest heavily in Germany, I need to have somebody who's very well versed. And I didn't do that exercise. So the long, it starts with your long-term strategy goes into who do you have as advisors, uh, where are the gaps? Uh, and if you did that, you will quickly see that your product strategy expertise will show up on the board. You'll also see the capital structure experts will also show up. I bootstrap for uh, a little longer than what I should have. Um, the trade-off uh, for an entrepreneur like me is always you know, growth rate versus you know, uh, profitability. So when you are running a bootstrap trap shop, you really are trying to break even at the highest possible number every year. That's really all you're doing. You're trying to not bleed money. Whatever money you make, you put it back. You stymie your growth. So if I had the right advisors, I think I would have made the capital uh, you know, structure change sooner. And I would have actually sort of you know, accelerated my cycle faster. Um, and, you know, I, I think in the end remains to be seen how that actually truly matters. But I do believe uh, governance and diversity and inclusion in the boardroom is a decade defining priority uh, in the business world today. You see that every day. We are in line to make take advantage of that. We were actually ready to take advantage of all board meetings going virtual, some, you know, uh, at, when the pandemic broke out. But the early throws, you know, we were a little slower. And, you know, while we, we are around now for 10 years in this uh, current setup, I think I lost a little time 
And that's the lesson that I learned. So, you know, my advice to everybody would be get the right advisors, map out the future state as, you know, uh, sometimes it get away, gets away from you. You don't, you feel like that's too far out, but it's a worthwhile exercise. And, and then you can check against it every six months, every eight months. And I think that's a helpful exercise. Perun, um, when it comes to your advice to CEOs uh, in terms of failure or the importance of failure in business success, what is your advice to uh, a CEO today? Look, you know, uh, most CEOs already know this. Uh, it's more about uh, falling forward and learning as fast as you can. Um, you know, uh, there are lots of general rule of thumbs and business the- you know, thesis around, but you have to adapt it to your environment and the answers are very unique. I would actually, uh, you know, um, encourage people to actually figure out what two or three things you are going to actually try and definitively answer for your business uh, in the next six months. That should be a relentless focus. Uh, I need to take my own advice more often than I care to admit. Um, the This is a pursuit uh, uh, for truth. Every business has a true north. You know, cutting out uh, the noise, you know, so we have an awesome product, but product market fit, you know, when you sold it a couple thousand times, you already know that's there, but product uh, channel fit may not be perfect. Market messaging fit may not be perfect. You know, your pricing packaging to your market may not be perfect. Those are the kinds of questions that you need to actually sequence out and prioritize and trying to solve. Once you get the snug fit at each one of these different spots, you're clearing out the way to really kind of just, you know, get to, uh, you know, the optimal performance. That's what you need uh, awesome leaders around you for. That's what you need a lot of data to help you guide through some of this uh, because the insights from the data could be helpful. That's what you need great advisors at the board level. This truth-seeking mission should be should have no sacred cows. I say that as an Indian. Uh, cows are sacred uh, from where I come from. Uh, but at the same time, in business, there are no sacred cows. It's a mission to you know seek the truth. And in that, focusing on two, three you know, different things that you're trying to discover in in a you know in a quarter or two, that should be your uh, you know focus as uh, as you go along this journey. Um, are there any books or tools or resources you recommend other CEOs to use on their journey? Plenty of books, actually. You know, um, I, I, you know, I go back to a few that I particularly like. Uh, um, you know, I would say crossing the chasm remains a good one. If you are in a challenge or pursuit, very challenging uh, behemoth in your field, uh, eating the big fish is a good one. Uh, that's a challenger strategy book. Um, I really like a book recently by the CEO of pricing, um, uh, dot IO. Uh, it's on pricing and packaging. Wonderful book. I, I, I forget the name of the book itself. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, you know, but uh, if you go to pricing.io, you'll see that, uh, you know, Marcus actually wrote a wonderful book there. Um, I do love, uh, you know, uh, plenty of, you know, regular books that, you know, most uh, people recommend. 
There's one on execution that I actually made my team read this year. Uh, it's actually um, uh, the four disciplines of execution. Uh, Chris uh, McChesney's book, really good on execution, just focusing on execution. You have a good product, good big market. Let's go after it. Um, those would be some of the books that come to mind, top of mind today, at least. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, Perun, that concludes your time in the hot seats. Appreciate you being uh, vulnerable on the show and sharing your uh, your ugly failures. <laughs> well, are they beautiful in hindsight? I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, but thanks for being on the show, man. It's been a real privilege hosting you. You got it, man. Thank you for what you do, man. Uh, very helpful. Love your show. Thank you.